Hello, everybody, and welcome to the official Quit Proof podcast. My name is Tom Quit Proof Jones, and I'm your host. Our goal with this podcast is to give you insights and inspiration on how you can have a happier, healthier, and more productive life. And most of all, not quit somewhere along the way. You can find us on YouTube at Quit Proof, Instagram at Quit Proof, the number one, Facebook, Tom Jones Quit Proof, and our website, www.quitproof.com. Welcome back to the official Quit Proof podcast. I'm Tom Jones, your host, and today we are expanding our platform. Instead of doing solo podcasts, we are now expanding to get your Quit Proof story. And today we have a really special guest. Her name is Katie Kerb, and Katie is a cancer survivor. We're going to go into her background and what happened to her and then start pulling out and extracting kind of why she didn't give up, give in, tap out and quit in hopes that you'll be able to use some of this insight, information, and inspiration to help you get through the tough parts of your life. Katie, welcome. Good morning, Tom. Thank you for having me as a guest. And I'm really excited about sharing my story. It's really long overdue. I've had so many people ask me to write a book or start a blog or something. And I just... the timing hasn't been right, but your invitation was kind of my prompting to get the ball rolling. And then also it's near and dear in my heart as unfortunately this week I had um, a dear friend and neighbor pass away and I got the phone call of her passing away from her husband the same night that my friend came over for dinner and told me that she has breast cancer. And so it was just like a double stab this week of of losing one person and then having another one join the cancer club that I don't want people to join. So I'm trying to keep people out of this club, but if they need help, um, I do want to be a resource and it's uh, just a bit overwhelming with the the messages and the the phone calls. And so I want to be a better uh, manager of my time and and to be able to help more people. So thank you for this opportunity. It's amazing that you're going to offer yourself up as a resource and a guide for people that are going through these issues that now, as I understand it, you've actually survived cancer more than one time. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, I'll give you a little brief life history. I was always really healthy growing up. My parents were, instead of going to Disneyland, we went backpacking for the weekend. So, (laughs) and we would do Bloomsday, which is a race over in Spokane, Washington. So we were a very active, healthy family, but we did eat the kid cuisines. I mean, it was weird. We were like half healthy, half not. My dad had a huge garden, but then we would get the kid cuisines and the, uh, the, the margarine that wasn't real butter and, and, and obviously nothing organic at that time. I don't even know if an, if organic was a thing back then. So I was raised better than most, but still your average American, but a little bit better. So that gives gives you a background on my childhood. And then in high school, I was on the um, Cornelian High School state championship basketball team. And so I was working out three hours a day. But I, I remember even then being a little sluggish. And I'm looking back and going, 
oh my gosh, I was working out in a gym three hours a day and not getting any vitamin D. And I didn't know to supplement at the time. I was like, you know, 17, 18 years old. So who, you know, it wasn't a thing back then to test for it. And my sister is playing soccer didn't have the same effect because they were outside all the time freezing their butts off. But um, I was in the gym and I didn't know better. So um, I had a, a good basis, but it could have been better. Um, the the thing about my childhood, I would like to highlight that I think is a factor in uh, a possible um reason that I got cancer is that I was on a lot of antibiotics growing up. My, uh, I always got ear infections every single year. And uh, so they had me on loads of antibiotics and we didn't figure out that I was actually allergic to milk until about my senior year of high school. We cut milk out and I never got an ear infection again. So I, I definitely think that's a possible causation of my cancer among a couple other uh, factors. And, uh, but that's not the purpose of this story. It's just well, to give okay. you a little bit what of what type of factor. cancer are we, what type of cancer are we talking about, Katie? Sorry to interrupt, but what type of cancer are we talking about? Sure. Um, I was diagnosed in 2014 with stage four breast cancer that had mis- metastasized to my neck um, my spine area and my hip. And then obviously lymph nodes, I had swollen lymph nodes and that's how I caught the cancer at first. So it was not diagnosed through the medical uh, profession. I had found it and went in and told my doctor, this doesn't seem right. So that's, that's how I found my cancer. Okay. And, and, and so it was breast cancer. It was obviously very far advanced. How did you feel? I mean, I can only imagine, but I I want you to articulate that because I think it's really important that people understand like the shock. I mean, I can only imagine how did you feel when when you realized that this is what you had and how far advanced it was? Was it panic? Well, the story gets even better because I was only 32 years old when I was diagnosed and I was a single mom. I had just started dating my husband that summer in August, and I was diagnosed November 13th. I can still remember the day, unfortunately, because it was the worst day of my life. And my son was six years old. So I had a little boy, and I'm only 32 years old, and I thought I was healthy, and then all of a sudden, I have stage four cancer. It was wild. I'm I'm sorry to butt in, but I'm like super curious about this because- it's um, all about the mind, right? So how the hell do you process is. something like this? And especially with a, a family, a boy. So I remember sitting in the doctor's office and because I wasn't married, my I didn't have a spouse to be there with me. And my, I had just started dating my boyfriend. So I, I even thought that would be weird if he came along. So my dad came with me because my mom was working and I really... I didn't expect to receive a cancer diagnosis from my doctor. And so I thought I'll have somebody there just in case, but it wasn't what I expected. And so he came in the room and said, you know, unfortunately you have cancer. And I just remember they're sitting there. I don't even know if I cried. I was just so stunned. Like, huh? Is it like this surreal thing to where you're just tossed into this surreal time thing? I mean, is that what happens? It was almost like the world around me stopped instantly. And that's all I could think about 
for a long time. It was horrible. And then I, I remember driving to my parents' house and just sitting on the floor and just moping and not even saying a word. Both my parents were there. They were just great. And none of us had any words there because there were no words. It was just horrible. And I'm thinking already, like, how on earth am I going to pay for all this? I mean, that was honestly more my concern than it was dying at that point. I wasn't, I don't know that I was scared of death. I was just like, I'm so logical. I was thinking like, I, I don't know how this is going to work. Like it it can't. (laughs) Let me ask you this. When they told you that you had cancer, did they talk about treatment programs with you at that particular time? Or do they just drop the bomb and kind of let that settle on you? And then you go back and talk about treatments. How did that work? Trying to remember, I I got the message from the surgeon and the oncologist was in the room across the hall. So I can't remember if I met with him that same day or if I came back the following day, because it was when you're considered, you know, especially when there's lymph node involvement, they want to make quick quick decisions and get you in there because time is of the essence when it's spreading through the body. So um, I things happen so quickly, but I do remember going over to um, Seattle early on as a, uh, a second opinion by a, a breast cancer specialist because unfortunately I live in a teeny tiny town and we only had general oncologists. So I went to see a better doctor who specialized in my cancer and she really did give me some great advice. And I'm very thankful that I, I took that time, even though it did delay my treatment a little bit, I took that time to get better advice so that I could make better decisions about my care. But I didn't know anything about natural medicine at that point. So I was thrown into our conventional medical system without a person to help guide me through integrative care. Because that's what I truly believe in is integrative. It gives you your best chance of survival. Are you talking about then integrating this holistic in with the conventional and then blending the two? Is that what you're talking about? Correct. And all, you know, you'll hear bits and pieces of my integrative story. But the scary part is I was a pioneer in that integrative medicine and it was scary. I had to stand up to my doctor, my first doctor, which I fired and say, no, we're not doing that. And we're going to do this instead. So I had to be really proactive from the beginning, from the get go and be like, no, we're not doing that. That doesn't even make sense. Why would we do that? And I, I later on realized that doctors are put in a little tiny box because they're legally not allowed to recommend natural medicine, even if they know about it. And even if they've seen a success story like my story, which is so sad, they can't say, oh, I know this girl, Katie, who used propolis while she did radiation and she had really great success. They can't say that. They can only recommend radiation. They're bound by by legality and, and, and restrictions. Let me back yeah. up and ask you this question. When, when you were sitting on the floor moping, those are your words, were you thinking about quitting? Did you ever think about quitting at that point and go just 
screw it, I'm done, I'm I'm dead? Or was this just like a flight or fight thing and you chose fight and that's the direction you went? Or how did that play out? I want our listeners to to kind of yeah. understand yeah. that that process because I'm sure a lot of people would just go, well, it's been a good ride. Yep. And I'm yep. checking it out. Yep. No, I had every reason in front of me to quit. I was a single mom. I didn't have loads of money in the bank. And, you know, what What was I going to do? I could have easily just said, oh, poor me and given up and never left the house again. But instead, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got a six-year-old boy who I want to raise. I want to be there to see him graduate high school. I want to be there for his wedding. I want to be a grandma. Like I'm, I'm not ready to die. I, I had a strong, strong will to live because I was not ready to give up. I knew my son needed me. And then I really, uh, I had just started dating now my now husband and I really liked him a lot. And I, I wasn't ready to say goodbye to him either. So I had two really strong reasons to, to fight. Your why why was in place. Most people wouldn't even think about, especially back at the time that that we're talking about here. How did you even come across natural remedies? How did that even come into your, to your zone? Oh, when I got diagnosed, a lot of people just shut down and then you have so many people offering like help, but I just dug into the research. I found people who were successful in cancer. So I joined Facebook groups. Uh, um, I got so many books. I got a library full of books and you, my nose was always in a book every single night. And then, but I would cross-reference my information that I received on PubMed and made sure that what I was reading was legitimate, not just, oh, do, you know, eat apricot seeds, you know, or do enemas or whatever. Like, I want to know, like, is my time, effort, and money worth doing that? And so uh, there was a ton of research that went into where I'm at today. So, a ton. so from day one, I, I guess that your health is exactly that it's your health. And so you took ownership of that, you took the wheel and drove with it. So you started doing research on natural remedies. What gave you the idea of blending the two instead of just going with one or the other? I'm curious to know. Oh, I always kind of had a fascination with health. And so it just, it, my diagnosis prompted me to go, well, that's so strange. How on earth did a a pretty healthy person get stage four cancer? So I can't keep doing what I was doing. Something's got to change. And I wanted to have the best fighting chance. And our medical system could not offer me anything besides chemo, radiation, surgery, and pharmaceutical pills. And I didn't like that. It didn't sit well with me. I just like intuitively knew there is something better out there. It was like innate in me that I, I, I must've just been born with the gene of natural medicine. I don't right, know. But how, how, <laughs> how to blend them. 
that's what I'm curious is because normally one person would like there's a fork in the road. You would either take mm-hmm. the right. Oh yeah, you have to go one or the other. I and so I knew you know it would you would have to take copious amounts of natural substances to shrink a large tumor. It just wasn't. I didn't want to risk that. I knew I probably needed to do something a little bit more extreme, but then also reduce my side effects with juicing every day. So I drink, well, I should actually go back a little bit in my story. I knew enough. I am a believer in God, a big believer in God. And I said, I prayed this prayer. I said, God, please show me what my body needs to heal. So I was not the driver in the seat anymore. It was God showing me what my body needed to get through this journey. And I prayed that prayer very early on. So it was actually, I have so many miraculous stories of of different people and substances that have come into my life. the best of the best in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so he really has shown me how to be the healthiest person I could possibly be. And they've kind of just fallen into my lap. So so did you start chemo and radiation at the same time? I mean, so, yeah, th- so they went really aggressive with this. I'm assu- I'm making that assumption. Is that right? They were just like, hey, oh, yeah. you're stage four. We're going to have to hit the gas. Yeah. Yeah. They were not messing around with me because they really did want to try to save my life. They knew I was in a dire situation and because of my age, they could be more aggressive. They could take me to that line of almost killing me with chemo to possibly save my life. And unfortunately that's what they had to do. Uh, so I'll go back up in the story a little bit to give you kind of the, the nuts and bolts of early on. So it'll be eight years this month uh, that I started chemo on Christmas Eve of all days. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. It was not a good Christmas season. But yeah, yeah. So I I didn't know any better. So I immediately ran into the chemo room because I didn't have a person like me to follow at that time. And so... I ran in and did everything they said, and I did four months of heavy chemo, but I, I, I did read a lot during that time, and I found published studies, um, one of them being that turmeric is really good to take during chemo, and so I remember asking my doctor, the one that I eventually fired, hey, you know, would it be okay if I took turmeric while I'm on chemo, and he goes, Absolutely not. He didn't say no kindly or I don't know. He just, in his high and righteous voice, said, absolutely not. So I said, okay. Well, I had read the research on PubMed and many, many studies showing that it was perfectly safe and effective for me to take chemotherapy or sorry, to take turmeric while I was on chemo. And then guess what? So I did the whole entire time I was on chemo, take turmeric. And then I went into complete remission at the end of chemo, mm. complete remission. So I did not die, you know, cause, Oh, I should go back. Please consult your doctor. Don't take any of this as medical advice from me. Please, please, please see your doctor, take your doctor's advice. I'm just sharing my story. 
Now, I'm also yep. curious. I want us to pause right here for a second. What were you telling your son? Like, oh he's God. six years old. He must have like, how did he take it? I mean, how did you like, how did oh. you pitch this one? Well, that over uh, Seattle Cancer Care Alliance was really great. They have so many more tools and resources for this kind of thing that the smaller um, oncology offices in my little town just did not have. So they had a big library over at Seattle Cancer Care Alliance. And I met with this gal for this exact situation. She was must have been like a counselor, a family counselor for um the Alliance. And so we sat down together and explained, Hey, how do I bring this up to my son? And she had a whole library full of children's books. And I took two home with me. And one of them was, it was so funny. I, I think I may have kept it still. Uh, this woman, she was diagnosed with cancer and then through the book, it shows that, you know, mommy loses her hair, but mommy has all these hats and wigs and she has all these different funny things to put on top of her head. And it made it more humorous instead of scary. So it made it more normal that it was in a children's book. And he was fascinated by that book at that time. I think it really helped him process and make it more normal. Um, so I would urge anybody who, uh, has young children to to pick up books um, and see counselors to to get through uh, that situation. Okay, so totally great advice, and we all understand that you're sharing your story. You're not giving medical advice. I, I appreciate you uh, pausing and, and making sure to to, to clarify that. Um, so you're in treatment. How, how long did it take before they were saying like, okay, Katie, you're in the clear, things are looking good. And and then how did the second bout come about? So let's see here. I did chemo for about four months from December of 2014 till about, I'd say maybe like, April-ish of uh, 2015. And then I had a scan, another PET scan, and I was all clear. Everything looked really great. And then my doctor that I fired proceeds to tell me, well, you're going to be on chemotherapy the rest of your life. And I go, no, I'm not. (laughs) Is that when you fired him? Yes. And I go, well, I'm going to find something else. And he, I actually went to his colleague in the same office because I'm in a little tiny town. I didn't have a lot of options of places to go to. So I liked his colleague. There was something about him that I just had a good vibe. And so I switched to him. I won't say doctor's names or anything out of respect because I don't know if, uh, if they want me to or not, but He's not even in this town anymore. What? So I want to back up a second. So you're going through chemo. Obviously, you're sick as hell. Uh, You're losing all your hair. All of this stuff is happening. What was your mental state at that time? And I love I love quit proof because this this is about, hey, how the heck did you pull yourself through it? You get the bomb dropped on you out of the clear blue sky. You start this aggressive, aggressive treatment. You have a six-year-old son. You're trying to deal with that. Serve it up to him. What was your mental condition like? What did you lean on? Obviously, you're saying you leaned on your faith. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll move on. Okay. 
So there was definitely some big key things that got me through this time because nobody can hold it together on their own. I'm sorry. I I thought I was mentally strong until I went through this. But honestly, if I was not a believer in God, I don't know how people do it without having belief in God. I really don't because that was a huge, huge part of it. My husband, well, back then he was just my boyfriend, but he was an angel. I remember calling him up one night and being like, I am too tired to get off the couch. Can you come over, feed Jackson dinner and put him to bed? I literally could move from the couch. So he, he was a godsend. He was my angel during that time. And then obviously my family, what I have such a supportive family. I love them all dearly. And then um, at that time, I was working in real estate. And so I had a huge army. Oh, and all my clients, my clients and my colleagues in real estate, this community came together because they knew I needed them. And they I was just showered in love and letters and meals and you money. And they put on a fundraiser for me without that fundraiser. I would be bankrupt. So thank you again to the Cornelian Idaho community because the team came. I did not do this on my own. No, thank you to everyone who was there through my journey. I have not thanked them enough because I haven't had the opportunity, but I'm getting teary eyed right now. Just thinking of all of the love during that time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great uh, and heartwarming message. So Katie, okay. So you're in the clear, things are going good. Then what happened? So then I fired my doctor and got the new doctor in the same office. And my old doctor told my new doctor that, oh, she'll be dead in a few months. <laughs> wow, what a nice guy. Uh, I'm now almost eight years later. So he was wrong. So never believe a doctor in your life expectancy because no doctor can ever put a number on that. They just, okay. they don't know. They don't know. So um, I fired him. I got on with another doctor. And then I did a, uh, instead of going back on chemotherapy, like he had suggested, I went on a targeted therapy that I didn't lose my hair. I didn't make me sick. It just targeted the cancer cells. And this drug is customarily given as a follow-up for maybe like a year, year and a half after you are done with the chemo regime. And that sat well with me. I thought, you know, that makes sense. I can do that. It's a pharmaceutical drug. I'm not the biggest fan, but in my situation, this is life or death. I probably better choose that to make sure we get all the cancer. So So that was sort of like an insurance policy. Okay. Yes. Yes. But I massively followed up with all of the natural. And then I believe in May of with T15, I had a lumpectomy uh, to make sure that we got all the cancer. And can you tell us what a lumpectomy is? Sure. So they remove the portion of the, the breast that was um, cancerous and they uh, put a biopsy needle in there or marker, I should say, a lot of times so that the because um, the tumor was was gone when they went in for my surgery. And so thank God the um biopsy marker was there because then they get the area surrounding that marker to make sure we get any last little tiny cells. And and the surgeon said to the naked eye, the tissue looked completely 
normal. But under the microscope, there was a few little scragglers uh, still there. And so we followed up, I believe it was the fall of 2015 with radiation uh, to that area, to the lymph nodes and to the breast. And we got all the little guys. And um, so, yes, I absolutely did what the modern, well, part of what the modern medical system said to do. And, but I, I did a lot of natural things to avoid side effects. So that happened. And then I believe it was around October of 2015, I had like a follow-up scan. So they were scanning a lot of times I had, I should go back and say, I had heard two positive breast cancer, which unfortunately is one of the more aggressive kinds of breast cancer, especially if it's found in young women. So they were really on top of me in monitoring uh, with scans and tumor markers and, and such. So they did a brain MRI to make sure the cancer hadn't gone to my brain. They uh, found a really teeny tiny spot. I was having no neurological symptoms. I was still working. I was exercising. I was doing all my things. So this came as like a complete shock. Like, huh? So I got that little, I mean, tiny, tiny spot just zapped with radiation. And then again, I didn't want to go back on chemo. And so uh, part of the, the fundraiser money that my community raised, I was able to go to an alternative cancer clinic down in Reno, Nevada. And I did low dose chemotherapy and a whole bunch of vitamin IVs and supplements and got my body as strong as healthy. And I remember while I was down there at this alternative cancer clinic, getting low dose chemotherapy, I did a whole bunch of hikes because we were in the zone, Lake Tahoe. And I went to Yosemite and did hiking. And then with my dad, I want to say it was Mammoth Lakes, California. My dad came down for a week. And while I was on low-dose chemotherapy, I hiked 10 miles at 10,000 feet. So all through my chemo journey, I exercised because I knew it was good for my mental health. That way I wouldn't end up in a big depression. I didn't want to be that. I feel sorry for myself. So I'm going to sit on the couch. I got my butt off the couch and I moved during my chemo. Even when I felt like hell, I moved. So every you were extremely day. proactive through this whole thing. Yeah. 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 So, okay. so that was my journey through 2015. And then after I came home, I stayed in remission for a long time, like from the fall of 2015 to let's see here. The spring of 2017, that's when the cancer came back in the spring of 2017. I thought that I had tweaked my back snowboarding. Like my my back was a little bit funky the spring of 2017. And I'm like, huh. So I kind of watched it, watched it, watched it. And then I went to um, Mexico for a girlfriend's uh, bachelorette party. And I must have tweaked it like dancing or, you know, bobbing up and down in the ocean on a boat or something. But all of a sudden, I was in the worst pain of my life. And I was in a foreign country without any of my family members, just girlfriends. And um, I go, this is not good. This, like I knew what it was. You, unfortunately, I knew it was not a good situation. So while I was in Mexico, I called my doctor and said, "Get an MRI on the schedule. Something's happening." So I couldn't even make it to that MRI because it was scheduled like a few days 
you know, after I got home, wow. I had to have my, uh, my, um, my boyfriend, cause we still weren't married at the time, take me to the ER at five o'clock in the morning. And I got an MRI and found out the cancer came back in my spine and it had broke an entire vertebrae, collapsed it. Is and this lower back, having... upper back? Where, where in your back? Uh, I think it's cervical spine, upper, the upper, upper, upper neck. the neck. Yeah. So I had a completely broken neck and I was, Ooh. you know, <laughs> traveling around the world and doing st- like, I don't know how I didn't break my neck snowboarding. Like there were so many things I'm oh going, my oh my gosh, I should have died. I should have died. I should have died. But I didn't die. When you figured out, oh my God, the cancer came back. It's in my bones. What did that do to your psyche? How did you feel mentally? I want to keep checking in with that. Oh, I was a fighter. When you tell me like I can't do something, I go, oh, ha, let me show you. Yeah, you must be, you must have me confused for someone else. Okay. <laughs> I look like this sweet little girl, but I am so stubborn. So you dug your heels in and you're like, okay, round two, bring it on. Yep. Okay. I'm going to have to get tough again. and I, But I still, to this day, I have a strong chemo is for certain situations. I personally will, will never go back on full dose chemo. I will, there's so many other options. I'm not recommending not doing chemo, but for me, where I was at, it just, I, I didn't want to take me to the brink of death again. I want to build my body back up. And there are certain times and instances I say yes, but for me, I knew I didn't want to go back through chemo again. I, my body had already been through hell. I'm not doing that again. So, uh, I got radiation to my spine that same day, same day. Oh it was a big day. So then it was like, it was a holiday weekend in May. It was like Memorial Day weekend. It was a Saturday evening. My oncology office opened up their doors, came and met me on a Saturday evening. They got all the mapping for radiation done that same day. It was a whirlwind. And then um, we had like a family dinner planned for that night. And I thought, you know what? I'm I'm not going to let cancer stop my life. I'm still going to go to the family dinner because either I could sit home and then I'll have to make dinner or we can go to the family dinner. So I showed, went home, showered, went back to my parents' house and my husband ended up proposing to me that night. Oh my gosh. Be to marry him. <laughs> what a big day. Holy God. <laughs> I find yeah. out I have a broken neck. I start radiation to my spine and I get, uh, engaged all in the same well, day. <laughs> he must really love you because yeah he uh he took on a he took on quite a bit good for him pin a medal on him i he deserves yeah a lot so that was a wonderful horrible wonderful day all in one i again i knew i didn't want to go back on chemo so i called up my integrative doctor to find out where he was he was the same integrative doctor i met in reno Oh, and this is a weird God story. The same integrative doctor, I sold his house on Hayden Lake to um, a client. And and so uh, I followed him around different places to different integrative clinics. I called him up and said, hey, I don't want to do chemo. My neck is broken. Can I come see you? And he says, sure, but I'm in Tijuana this time. And I'm like, oh, God. Back to Mexico. 
Okay. Well, thank God I took Spanish in high school and I lived in Mexico with my aunt and uncle for four months. So Mexico, thank God, because of that didn't scare me as much since I knew the basics and uh, that you really, it's considered one of the most dangerous cities in the world. And God protected me and the people that were down there because we never had any issues, not one, but we closed the door and and locked it every evening and didn't go out in the evenings. It was it was very interesting. You go down to Mexico, you start getting treatment. And so obviously we're staying down there for treatment. Did it clear up? Did it get worse? That was in June of 2017 that I went down there. And that was hard because cancer did take a priority. So I missed my grandpa's funeral and my cousin's wedding while I was gone because I was down there for three weeks. So it really was, I didn't want to go, but I was, I was forced to, I, time was of the essence. So, um, and then I think I came back. Oh, I remember now. Okay. So I went to, um, down in Phoenix, Arizona, cancer treatment centers of America. That's what my oncologist recommended that I did. And so I flew down to cancer treatment centers of America in Phoenix. And the cool part was back then they paid for your flights down if you were the patient. So it was like, Mm -hmm. well, I might as well go get a second opinion for free on how to deal with this new situation. And the beauty of that was they are such a big organization. They had a breast cancer specialist, a lung cancer specialist, a lymphoma specialist, and, and they were really integrative. They offered a nutritionist. They offered uh, a naturopathic doctor that offered certain supplements. They offered an acupuncturist. So I really could get more integrative care, not fully integrative, but kind of. Mm-hmm. So I went on a new drug a new targeted chemo. And again, I didn't lose my hair. I wasn't nauseous. I was able to work. And um, I went on Catsila was the drug at that time. And I would fast because I found research. Uh, I would fast the day before the day of chemo and the day after the targeted chemo. And I literally slid through that time with no side effects. It was amazing. Did uh, you have like a neck brace on or what, how did they deal with the broken neck issue? <laughs> oh, Tom, that might be a whole nother podcast. No, like this was another miracle. So I went down to Tijuana in massive amounts of pain. I was like a seven, eight on the pain scale. And then um, I did three weeks of hyperbaric oxygen chamber therapy. Okay. And I walked away from Tijuana like a one, two on the pain scale. Wow. Okay. It was amazing. But then I came back and one of the 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 things that God showed me um was venom therapy for a broken neck. It sounds completely crazy, but I have an aunt down in New Mexico who's a bee venom acupuncturist. So I flew down. I don't remember when, maybe the fall of 2015, I learned how to do bee venom acupuncture and then came home and taught my husband. And it works as nature's um, natural hydrocortisone shot. So it's a hundred times more potent than a hydrocortisone shot. So I'll put that in another podcast, my bee venom therapy. But uh, to this day, that was, let's see, five years ago, I have no pain in my neck. Zero. Uh, It healed. 
it healed my spine. I, I don't snowboard anymore, but that is the only thing that I don't do really. I just careful. Yeah. So So you get this treatment and then you go back and you get tested and they say you're clear again. Is that what happened? Let's see here. That was so Katsila. Oh, and then I got married in August of 2017. With uh-huh. my broken neck. <laughs> and then let's see, what did I do after that? I think I, 2017, I kind of slid through on Cad Silage for a couple years till 2019. And then this was a big part of my story. This is the other half of my crazy story. So I, I had the broken neck in 2017. And then in October of 2019, I was diagnosed, I started having mild headaches. I had actually just come back from a B conference. It was Apamundia. It was a worldwide B conference in Montreal, Canada. And um, I met my aunt there, learned to learn more about the bees. But I came back and I was like, I'm having these minor headaches. Something's not quite right. And I told my oncologist because I never get headaches. And he's like, let's do a brain MRI. And so it comes back. I have, I was walking around with three brain tumors and I had no idea. I was doing pure bar classes. One of them was supposedly in my cerebellum and I was doing pure bar classes and I was not falling over. I was not having any balance issues. So I'm going, something is, something I'm doing is, is suppressing all of these symptoms. So that's why I know natural medicine works because I should have been so messed up during that time that I had three brain tumors, but I wasn't. Sure, okay. I was still working because I was functioning normally. Like no one knew, including me, that I had any issues. uh, The scan showed it, but I I didn't feel it. I wasn't in pain. I Yeah, it was wild. So what did they do about that? Oh my gosh. So my doctor immediately wanted me to go into surgery. And I'm like, for three brain tumors in three different locations? uh, No, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I will be a vegetable. I will be so messed up if I have surgery in three different locations. No, no, thank you. So then his second option was whole brain radiation. I remember my my integrative oncologist telling me, Katie, never do. And again, this is not medical advice. He just told this to me, don't ever do whole brain radiation. So I, I remembered that advice and I said, no, thank you. And then the third recommendation was to do targeted radiation. I go, huh, that makes more lo- logical sense to me. We're not frying my whole brain. I still I still want to live and I don't want to live with a whole bunch of side effects. So okay, so let me pause here for a second. So this is the third time that you're told you've got cancer. What does that do to your mind? You just stay on the freaking gas pedal. You lean on your faith in God. You lean on your community. You lean on your family. But it's got to just mess with you in a big way. You're like, oh, my God, when's this going to leave me alone? Is it, is it your, my back's against the wall? I've got no choice. Well, the neat thing about me choosing to be my own advocate and digging into the research, I felt empowered. I wasn't put in a little tiny box of you're only allowed to do chemo, radiation, and surgery and pills. I had a huge repertoire 
of tools in the toolbox and different things that I hadn't even tried yet. So I'm Good like, for you. well, I haven't tried this, 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 this. So, so you yeah. realize that you realize that you have the power within you and you were willing to work with medical professionals, but you are your own, you are your own advocate. I think that's just a great way to put it. So you advocated for yourself. You you decided that my health again will vi- revisit that as like, hey, this is my health, and mm-hmm. I'm going to take ownership of it, and mm-hmm. I'm going to take control of it, and I am going to defeat this thing. That's just amazing um, mental strength and resilience. Mm-hmm. Frankly, get knocked down uh, seven t- times, get back up eight stronger each time. So that's an incredible testimony to that. Yeah. And I, you know what I really think that, that drove me to that mindset is having a sports background. And I was on, like I said, the state championship basketball team for Coeur d'Alene High School. And my coach, if him and his wife ever hear this, uh, Mr. Pratt, he's well known in the community. Uh, but he was my coach and he was a toughie. And we were there an hour before school lifting weights and conditioning. And then we were at practice for two hours after school, you know, all through my high school. And I was built up to be so mentally strong. I didn't recognize how much he built us up to be mentally strong. And I don't know that I would have had the same success in my cancer journey if I hadn't had that life experience from sports. That's a great piece. Now, how did you decide that, hey, I'm going to offer myself up as a resource to people that are going through this? And and what does that look like? What was the point where you said, hey, I feel compelled to offer myself up as a resource to people that are going through this, which, by the way, I think is an incredibly benevolent and great thing to do. But tell us about that. For the last. So I came out of. So I ended up doing brain radiation three years ago and I was pretty incapacitated for six months after that. I didn't see many people. I didn't want to see many people. Uh, I blew up like a balloon because of all the steroids they had me on to keep the swelling down. And um, I actually spent six, no, 10 days in hospice. Wow. um, Because they thought it was the end. I, I was out of my mind. Like I had had a traumatic brain injury because I, I got whacked in the head with all those radiation um, rays and I was having hallucinations. I was, I was out of bed. And so my mom came and lived with us for, I don't know how long, four, five months um, after all that to help take care of me because it was intensive. And I remember the chemo nurse, uh, or sorry, the, the hospice nurse coming over every week. And I remember her saying, Oh, your, your vitals are fine. And I'm thinking, well, they're all telling me I'm dying, but I intuitively knew like, well, if I was dying, I wouldn't have normal vitals. So like, why are they telling me I'm dying? <laughs> there's, a, there's some, yeah, there's a, there's a conflict but, here. I mean, my brain is messed up right now, but this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so you, you get, you make it through that and then you decide, Hey, oh. I'm going to become a, a resource for people that are going through this. Yeah. So, so that was, so I just slowly got better and better. And then 
like I've, I've always had people reaching out to me saying, Hey, I just got diagnosed with cancer or Hey, my mom just got diagnosed with cancer. Would you talk to her? Would you share some of the natural things that you've done? And so I, I, I've been doing that. I've kind of been an unofficial cancer coach to so many people every single week over the last eight years to inspire people and encourage people and say, Hey, don't, don't give up. Like you don't have quit. things to fight for, like write down what those things that you are going to fight for are and put them on your mirror in your bathroom and keep fighting for those things. Like awesome. don't give up just because the doctor says, Hey, you only have three months left. Don't believe him or her. Like the doctor does not know that. So yeah, yeah and it's, I, the di- it's the dialogue that you tell yourself because who listens to you the most? I'll tell you right now. You do. You decide you're going to do. Did you start an organization? What's what's that look like? You know, your podcast actually has been kind of a prompting into this. It's something I wanted to do, but I just the timing wasn't right. Like a year ago, I was like I wanted to, but it just wasn't quite right. I was still healing. I feel great now. I'm in full remission and I go, I need to use what happened to me in a productive way. That way it makes it so it's okay. Not that it is okay, but I want good to come out of the bad now. And especially to honor friends that have um, recently passed away. I know that she would love for me to do something like this and to, to help other people on the journey. So I, it makes a purpose out of my life. And I think you need to have a purpose in life in order to be successful in life. And also if you have cancer, you need to have a purpose, um, so whatever that purpose is, but I do feel called to do this. And so I'm kind of navigating where this is going to go. I'm thinking at this time, I don't want to write a book, but um, it will be probably a podcast with my fellow cancer survivor, Kaylin. She is a stage four lung cancer survivor of 10 years. And we would like to do a podcast called Cancer Me Too, spelled T-O-O. And uh, we're going to get that underway. It's it's in the works. So be looking out for that. And uh Let's say I, God forbid, get diagnosed with cancer later today. How how does somebody get a hold of you in an emergency situation? Do they just Google your name, Katie Curb, or so we'll have a website and email that people can reach me at. We understand that you're you're developing this cancer me two t o o with your friend, and you guys are working hard on it. It'll be coming out soon, so. If you have family members or you're suffering from this condition yourself, just keep your eyes peeled. You'll be able to to start getting resources from Katie. Katie, you have really um, done a lot to help solidify me and Quit Proof. So I've come up with four pillars of Quit Proof, right? And you've really kind of touched on each one of those four. And those four pillars are find out your why. Uh right find out your Uh why like you said figure out your reasons why write them on your bathroom mirror so they're in Mm -hmm. front of you and your your north star is there you know why you're fighting the second Mm -hmm. pillar is to courage right to have courage and Mm -hmm. you have done nothing but shown major amounts of courage in the face of flat out death yeah the three times you've been told pretty much you're done 
You know what yeah. I mean? And you found yeah. the courage to dig deep. Um, the third pillar is action, right? And you've really demonstrated that you've taken action. You've taken matters into your own hands. You have done research. You have sought out people. You fired doctors. Um, you you've taken action. Mm -hmm. And our fourth pillar pillar is follow through, which mm -hmm. you've done, right? You've stuck with it. You haven't given up, given in, tapped out, and quit. And in the middle of that, those four pillars, right, and the right dead square in the middle is is the most important one. And you've demonstrated that as well. At the end of the day, no matter what, you haven't given up, given in, tapped out, and quit. And that is in the middle of, mm -hmm. of quit proof. So we have these four pillars, right? Find your North Star, find your courage, take mm -hmm. action, follow mm -hmm. through. And right in the middle is at the end of the day, you just got to plain and simple not give up and quit. I stumbled on those five areas about two months ago because we're building out programs and so on with quit proof. And I've been really praying about it and thinking about it and all this stuff. And these four things just hit me out of the clear blue sky. And, and after talking to you, I'm like, Oh my gosh, these are the things you need to be quit proof. Mm -hmm. You, you got to figure out your why you've got to, you got to, you've got to develop courage and you got to, Say, I'm mm -hmm. strong, I can beat this, and you've got to take action, and then you've got to follow through and stick with it, and you've done all of those things, and here you are now, and we honestly, what a great start to bringing Ooh. guests on to Quit Proof. I honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled. I can't thank you enough for sharing your story, um, sharing your, your, your journey, sharing your courage, sharing the actions that you've taken. And, and the follow through that you've done. And we wish you nothing but good health and the best. Mm -hmm. And I, I, sincerely, I mean, I almost feel like crying. I really, I really uh -oh. grateful. You're an amazing, amazing human being. You're an inspiration to everyone. God love you. Mm. Two medals on you, actually three. That's, that's it for me. I mean, we, we really want to thank you for, for sharing that story and being our first guest. It was an honor, Tom. Thank you so much. The tools that we've you know shared with you today are to help you have a happier, healthier, more productive life. And most of all, not to give up, give in, tap out, and quit. We need to hang tough. We need to stay strong. We need to remain quit proof because at the end of the day, and I think, Katie, you're an example of this, pain is only temporary, but quitting lasts a lifetime. So thanks again for being with us and everybody tune in with us again. We'll, we'll have another gripping, engaging guest to share their quit proof story with us. And if you have your quit proof story, send us a message at www.quitproof.com and let's get you and your story on the official quit proof podcast. Thanks again and have a great, happy, healthy, productive day. Again, you can find us on YouTube at Quit Proof, Instagram, Quit Proof, the number one, Facebook, Tom Jones Quit Proof, and our website, www.quitproof.com. If you like what you're hearing, then hit that subscribe button and recommend this to your friends.